0: Welcome to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast, a show dedicated to the storytelling that happens or should happen when practitioners purchase technology. Each episode is designed to inspire new ways and ideas to make your business better as we speak with the brightest minds in recruitment and HR tech. That's what we do. Here's your host, William Tincup.
1: This is William Tincup. You're listening to the Use Case Podcast. Today, we have Josh on from Confirm. And we'll be talking about his business and why the the business case or use case, why people pick Confirm. So let's do some introductions. Josh, uh, would you introduce yourself and Confirm?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my name is Josh, uh, co-founder and CEO of Confirm. Uh, We're in the performance management, performance review space. Uh, And prior to Confirm, I spent six years at a company called Carta, uh, leading product, doing equity management.
1: Oh, I'm a huge Carter supporter. Oh, cool. Uh, so, yes, I absolutely love it. Uh, it's funny because I've had entrepreneurs that I advise. They're like, hey, is there anything other than Carter? I'm like, yeah, stop. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's like, it, is there anything other than
0: Google? It's just stop. Yeah, just stop. that's what you want to hear. As, as an entrepreneur, that's what you want to hear. Yeah,
1: it's the best. It's the best product in the market. Just don't Yeah, stop, oh, Don't you. waste
0: your time trying to
1: find another product.
0: I hope um, that people will say that about Confirm soon.
1: Aha. Uh-huh. So what's uh what's wrong with performance management these days?
0: Yeah, it's a good it, We
1: have we have 5 hours to kill cuz so you Yeah, just that's started. right. We're, we're how much time do you got? No. Yeah, um,
0: yeah. so, Rogan called. Okay, so I I Right. So I think if you look at performance um performance management, if you look at like the the drumbeat in the last 10 years has been like, look, we all hate performance reviews. Don't do performance reviews. Do continuous feedback, right? Do development plans. And that's all great stuff, but now we're kind of in this environment where it's like everyone is trying to do more with less. And right. suddenly it seems like performance reviews are kind of, they're kind of back because it's not just about the development, it's about the measurement too. Right, right, right. And the problem with how we measure performance today is that when you look at performance reviews, what we're really talking about is that traditional, you know, four or five point manager rating scale, right? And if you look at where that came from, that that rating scale is a is hundred years old. So it came out of the US military after World War One. It was brought into the workplace in the 1920s. And like work was solitary, work was, was repetitive. It was pre-digital. The way that we work now is, is totally different, right? We work in networks. So you can hop onto Teams or Slack. You have direct access to anybody. You can use Zoom to connect with people all over the world. That's how we get things done. So the way that we that we work has totally transformed the way that we measure that work is is still kind of frozen in time and what we've done with confirm that is different is we've brought organizational network analysis into the performance review process and what it essentially says is anyone in the organization should be able to review anybody else it can be positive or it can be critical but the point is it's the way that things are actually getting done um and that gives you, you know, much more accurate, detailed information that you just can't get in any other methodology.
1: I like that a lot because
0: I've had a series of uh,
1: problems with performance management over the over the years. One of which is like when we look at any sport that we like, there's a box score, and there's a bunch of things that don't show up in the box score, whether or not it's baseball or football or you know, pick your favorite sport. You know, I'm thinking right now about Dennis Rodman, and it's like the things that would show up in his box score rebounds, right? It was really great at rebounds. Yeah. What wouldn't show up in a box score is the hustle plays. Is how that's many right. fast fast breaks he started, you know, by rebounding and how he did the outlet pass. You know, like there'd be a bunch of stuff. We go through that. And it's like I think about that in people in companies working a gig, you there's things that they get credit for, okay, box score. And then there's a bunch of other stuff that they're doing that's valuable. They don't get credit for.
0: That's right. I mean, when I was in college, they they taught me to manage by walking around, and like nobody has shown me how to do that over Zoom. (laughs) Like there is just the the number of touch points that we have as employees has has just exploded, Um, but the visibility visibility of the managers has actually gone down. Right. it is interesting, by the way, this may be a little bit of a of a digression here, but um that you mentioned sports because I think one of the things that's so interesting in sports is that both performance and compensation follow follow power loss. I mean, you have a small number of players who are really, really exceptional and and are paid really, really well. I think when it comes to performance management with that traditional five-point rating scale, we've you know, we we expect it to follow a, a bell curve, right? And right. we've sort of fooled ourselves into thinking that that talent and employee performance is normally distributed, but it's it's really not. It it really is um power law distributed. And what we find when we run performance cycles for our customers using organizational network analysis, what we typically find are similar power laws where, you know, 15% of employees will generate about 50% of the impact and about 5% of employees will generate about 50% of the problems.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah, and it's funny because you talk to VCs and they still use kind of an 80-20 model that 80% uh, or 20% of the value of your firm comes from these employees. The other 80% are, they're, they're important, but they're minutiae. That's just kind of making the machine go. Yeah. And I've even had VCs tell me it's 90-10 which is yeah. insane to think about, but, you know, uh, a non sequitur, but the, the first time network analysis came on my radar was hundred years ago. Is it related to social? So people would do mm-hmm. social network analysis, basically find out like where are the tributaries inside of an organization that aren't the dotted lines. They're not on the org chart. You know, Sally's the EA for, you know, some VP. She, she knows everything. And you know, like, like they could figure that out with social analysis. So, what, what a, what, what does it evolve to? Because again, I haven't paid attention to it in a long time. So, what when yeah. you say network analysis, what are you for the audience? What are you referring to?
0: So, um, it, it's very similar to what you're describing, except that when we talk about organizational network analysis, we're talking, we're talking about measuring those connections within within the boundaries of an organization and so if you do a um a, you know if you do a performance review on confirm for example you know rather than answering a, bu- a bunch of questions about what you accomplished and having to to sort of self promote and defend your your record what you're going to answer are questions like hey who do you go to for help and advice or um who who energizes you at work or um who have you seen making an outstanding contribution what did you see I love them do that. Oh, right. I it's a, it's actually that. about the people around you. Yeah. And I think that the, the, if, if I were to answer the question, like why now, I think that or, or social network analysis or organizational network analysis in the past, it was kind of like, well, communication happens over there, but, mm-hmm. but work and performance happens over here. And it, <laughs> I actually think those, right. I mean, but I actually think those two things are, are kind of one in the same now. I mean, there, there's 100%. very, there, there are so few jobs that, that. Uh, I mean, really, I, I'm not sure I can think of a job that doesn't have other stakeholders where everything i'm I'm producing is for the benefit of somebody else, right. Um, and And that actually is the way that work gets done and and we need a methodology that that reflects that.
1: It's interesting because as you're talking about it, I'm thinking about culture. And how culture is also—it's—it's it's like a DNA strand. These things are following each other; they're tethered to one another, and how we think about performance. I want to get—I want to ask your your take on goal setting uh, in a second. But how we look at this is also culturally you know, companies that are still yeah. struggling after COVID to figure out like what is culture, I think they're having some of the same struggles with what is performance and what is a measurement. Okay, great. We can we can hire and we can figure that out. But are we using things for the the audience, the employees that'll actually make them better, make our company better? And so That's I right. like I like the three sixty. I, I first of all I, I, I love that and I also love that, you know, you know, you the Public praise, private criticism. I love that. In fact, years ago, I used to I have this culture model where I'd ask employees, I'm like, all right, we're opening an office on Mars. There's only three employees that can go. Who are they and why do they deserve to go? And it was just a fun cultural experiment and exercise to find out who were those. And they were never the people that I thought. That right. was what was crazy. Is I, you know, it's going to be Joe. Be, yeah. No, it was never yeah. those people. That's so right. I, That's right. I, I mean, I you, you t-
0: yeah, you talk about the fifteen percent of employees who create fifty percent of of the impact. Mm-hmm. Most companies have no idea who those people are. Right. Maybe Agreed. in a in a in a traditional manager rating system, they may be able to to spot maybe forty percent of those people by our by our data. About forty percent. The other sixty percent kind of fall into this bucket that we call quiet contributors right uh we always read about oh. like quiet footers but like yeah. quiet contributors are these people who they, they do so much behind the scenes but they're just not they're not natural self-promoters right and and i want to you mentioned 360s and so I, I have to take this opportunity to hammer on them a little bit yeah, as you should. which is <laughs> so the 360 methodology right which um believe it or not created in in the by the nazi military in in the late 1930s that makes sense. <laughs> right. That tracks. That, yeah, all right. For me. Yeah, you know, when you do a three hundred and sixty, you're you're talking about this limited sample size, right? You're you're going to pick three to five, you know, right. peer peer reviewers, things like that. Um, you know, we just ran a performance cycle for um for for a, a pretty well known software company, and when we asked that question, "Who do you go to for help and advice?" What we found is that the the most helpful engineer, the most sought after engineer in that organization, 77 people go to him for help and advice. The The sample sizes that we're talking about when you do ONA versus when you do like a, a 360, for example, there, there's just no comparison. And and when you see how incredibly networked and valuable some people are in the organization, it really causes you to to, to stop and, and think about the talent decisions that, that, that we make.
1: So- I've, and, and please tear this apart. I've long since had the philosophy, one of the fails of, of historical performance management is that you, you can't serve two masters. Your performance management is either uh, a tool of management to understand and have some visibility and insight into what's going on, or it's a tool for the employee to figure out how to get better. It can't do both. I've, I've, I, and again, it's one of those deals. You know, I I stand on stage and say these types of things, and you know, people then have to go and figure out like actually how to make it work. But the the idea is that, well, it's like sales management, like Salesforce.com when it first came online, struggled mightily mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. salespeople saw it as for what it was. It's like this is a management tool. You're going to be in my business. You're going to know what I'm, to, I'm talking to. You're going to know all this stuff. I I don't want that. And then, you know, fast forward, and there's yeah. you, you have to do that to be a successful sales. So people and most salespeople have gotten over it. They're like, okay, it makes me better. I understand. I got to make a hundred calls. I got to do this. I got all the tactical things. So how do you how do you reconcile who yes. this is actually for con- with con- with confirm in particular? Who's it actually for?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. There is this sort of. Uh, conflation and and kind of a tension between like, let's call it measurement and and development, or you could call it measurement and feedback. You know, and I think the reason those two things get conflated is um, if you tell me I'm not doing well, if you tell me I'm not meeting expectations, I'm going to ask you why and what I can do to get better. Right. So you, you already just sort of naturally go into this, into this feedback phase. But I think, um, I'll use a little bit of a metaphor I guess i, I I'm I'm kind of a fitness nut. Um, and you know fitness is every day. so like I have a I have a meal plan that I stick to. like I eat the same thing at the same time every day. you know I go to the gym and it, it, after work that's those are the things I do every day. Um, but once every quarter and I, I actually do this I live in San Francisco so I get in my car and I drive down to San Carlos about 25 minutes and I do a dexa scan. So it's actually a body composition scan and it tells me like, right? Yeah. It's like, how, how, how much is muscle? How much is fat? What's my bone density? And it's, it's the measurement. It's the way that, that I know um, that I, that I can answer the question, are the things I'm doing every day actually working or do I need to course correct? And that's kind of how I think of performance management and performance management is, it, it, it is every day right it it is you know when when i do something i want to get that feedback immediately from from either my manager or the, the, whoever the stakeholder is the environment i want to know right away but then what most of our customers do is every quarter they'll run this ona measurement and they'll deliver those results back to the employee and and actually be able to say are the things that you're doing every day actually working um so you know it, it's difficult to have um, it's hard to imagine a world where there's feedback but no measurement. I think if you're if you're going to do performance management really well, you know you get what you measure. You, you should get really good at performance measurement, right? Uh, and that's what ONA is great at.
1: Should we call it something different? Have you have you thought about? I mean, the category itself has such a stigma uh and 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 good and bad let's just we'll just you know it's not all terrible it's not all that stuff but it's is it's it should we even call it performance management like uh, i'm thinking and i'm thinking to myself about like goals if we're sitting down together and you're my boss okay you've got an idea of what my goals should be i've got an idea of what my goals should be there's a reconciliation <laughs> of right. what those should be, like the the all those things that you do on a daily basis, we've got to figure that out. And you might not have all the answers. I might not have all the answers, but we together might have all the answers. That sounds a lot like collaboration. I, so, I think that in so what do you, yeah. I mean. First of all, have you thought that have you have you have you have you been down this rabbit hole?
0: <laughs> oh, you know a little bit. Well, um, so first of all, just <laughs> so we're sharing opinions here, uh, I, I think probably performance management maybe it's more like staged performance because that's what it really is right, uh, in, right, in most companies right um you know i've struggled more with um you know at, at the end of the day like i i'm a little bit beholden to what what people are going to type into google i know um,
1: <laughs> well it's the excel spreadsheet of of hr so the budgets are made in in excel and there's a line item in every company uh called performance yeah so that's right you know, we could call it something different, but would they call it something?
0: You different? Have, you sort of sort of have to plug into yeah. in, into what the world knows. Hundred um, percent. But you know what? Hey, I'm okay with that. Like performance management, performance reviews aren't aren't sexy, but you know neither neither were cap tables uh, when, I, <laughs> when I joined Carta. So I'm okay with that. <laughs> Good
1: point. Good point. All right, let's do some buy side stuff. Let's let's flip the conversation to um, what's your favorite when you have the opportunity to show software? What? Mm is your favorite part of the demo when you know you know if if you can get them to this place maybe a a report or different part of the of the of the software you know that their eyes are going to light up
0: yeah um there are a couple but one that comes to mind is um this is a real example actually. This this was something that actually happened with one of our our customers and we we you know generalized it and anon- anonymized it so we could talk about it. We we had just done a performance cycle at, at at an organization and we looked at a cohort of people who were doing the same job. So they were they were like engineers same level so same same job description same comp band together. And um and we spotted two outliers. We have this graph that kind of shows Um, people's development over time. One of the things that we notice is, um, you know, if I ask you who do you go to for help and advice, you're probably not going to pick the person who started last week. You're going to pick somebody who's had enough time to become an expert. And we can actually plot that over time so that we can say, you know, if you're an engineer doing this, you know, doing this job at at this company, this is how we actually would expect you to develop through the eyes of your colleagues. And, and we can, we literally draw that trend line in, in the product. And, um, And we were looking at one cohort in particular, and we found these two outliers. And and one outlier um, at the top was this engineer named Tracy, and she was exceptional by all measures. I mean, just super influential, um, uh, super helpful, making this an incredible impact, uh, some of the best data that we've ever seen on an employee. And then we found her colleague, Michael, who had been at the company, they actually started... Um, two months apart, they'd been at the company a couple couple of years, but they started two months apart. So really, the the, the same amount of time. And not only was Michael not making an impact, people were actually raising concerns about him. <laughs> so so these two people doing oh, the same golden. job, oh, yeah, they they've, they have followed completely different tra- tra- trajectories in this right. organization. But here was the kicker: they had different managers, and each manager had just rated them meets expectations. Wow, that's, that's usually like the, the light bulb moment when our customers when our, when our, you know, a, a prospect sees that they go, Oh, this explains so much that is broken about performance reviews that I see around me, right? The, the that incredible person who just never gets promoted, or that jerk who just always seems to stay in the same job, even though everybody, everybody hates working with him, like, it explains so much and and to actually put that down on paper and see it in data is uh is a light bulb moment for people
1: oh my god light light bulb moment for me um what's your tagline what i i i'm not gonna look it up what's what do you what's after confirm we are what's the what's the bit
0: uh it's a it's a good question so i'm not
1: not trying to put you on the spot i'm just like i have an idea and i want to roll it past you uh but go ahead tell me what yeah
0: so I I would say we're the all-in-one people platform built on organizational network analysis to reveal who's driving impact and who needs help. Um, I would also just kind of, yeah, it's a mouthful. Um,
1: So to me, confirm is, is confirmation. Yeah. You're, you're confirming contribution. So if we if we if we look at the end of the day, especially those folks that are doing quietly, they're quietly going about their business, adding value, helping people, et cetera, confirm unearths the contributions that's and, right. and separates the you weeds know, from the chaff. that whole bit. It's like, OK, again, in that scenario that you just said that let's say in that case, that guy, he might be really loud and, and, and likable or on some levels or whatever. But he's not his contribution isn't the same and that's right it seems like we in a just society we should be judged on our contributions
0: the the mission of the company is to rightly recognize everyone for the difference they make at work ah i love that. and and i think that you know when you talk about performance management um what gets missed what doesn't get talked about is that we work in an incentive structure where one person determines my advancement one right. person determines my destiny in an organization and that's my manager and and what that really comes down to is it's not about my contribution it's nope. about what my manager thinks about me yep. and and it's about their ability to advocate and influence on my behalf right right and and my actual contribution is somewhere way down the list and i think if you were to say like let's redo performance management you know clean sheet of paper i think you'd probably say well The contribution should come first. Right. All right. And my ability to self-promote, that should be like a distant second. And then my manager's ability to promote for me, that's like, that shouldn't even make the cut.
1: Yeah. The, 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 the thing that's in education is some people are really, really great at taking tests and some people that doesn't have anything to do with IQ or other, other stuff. It's just some people aren't great at taking tests. And so it's like, if you're just great at working your manager. Like, and you come out right. of school, or come out of, the, and you come in, and you're just really, really good at. I manipulate him. It's kind of by like a harsh word, but you're really good at maybe not the job, but about managing the politics and managing perception and all this other stuff that has nothing to do with the job. That's right. Uh, so I, I can see this kind of first of all finding those that, that those things out, and then giving that data to. Uh, Confirms clients and then saying, okay, now you know. Now, whether what you do with it, that's you. Uh, But now you you can't unknow that. Now you know who's doing what. Um, Last question. When people are uh, buying confirm, and again, this is different. This is different than what's come in in the past. It's different than what's out in the marketplace. Um, What questions, if you could script them, what questions should they ask you?
0: Yeah it's a it, it's a really good question i think the the questions that i um the questions the questions i get asked and the questions i hope hope people ask, will ask are are often two different things right 100% uh, the, the, the questions that i hope people will ask are you know how do i how do i use this data to to make better decisions yeah right like i want to promote the right people when you go through a promotion cycle like a good promotion cycle is one where nobody is surprised who was promoted and who wasn't right um a question that i would love to be asked is um how do i use this data to practice good talent hygiene you know no turnover is not good right, right. there there are some people in my organization who 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 actually shouldn't be there um, there are some people who should be there, but need to need to change or develop or grow. How do I use this data to make those decisions? Um, those are some of the questions I I wish I would get asked. Um, um, yeah, and, yeah. And about
1: contribution, how do I how do I figure that stuff out? Um, That's right. How do I again if it's if it's if it's tied to compensation and it's tied to promotion, succession planning, all these other things, the more visibility inside. In, that they can have into how work actually happens as opposed right. to how they perceive it happens. So he's right. using data to then say, okay, this is how things actually happen. This engineer is the most helpful. You know, exactly. This is how this work actually happens. Well, I could talk to you all day and uh, Likewise. turns out you've got stuff to do. So uh, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show. Love. What thank you, you for feel. having
0: me. Yeah. Uh, we got to find some more time.
1: And uh, thanks for everyone listening to the show. Until next time. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live Podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest
0: industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at recruitingdaily.com.